Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. So for many parents, feeding family healthy home-cooked meals can be a struggle. Don't I know about it? This week, we have Sunday Times best-selling author, nutritionist and mama to little foodies, Raffi and Ada. It's Charlotte Sterling-Reed. Oh, hello. Hi, my lovely introduction. Hello, thank you. <laughs> How are you? Yeah, really good, thank you. I'm very excited to be here. It's lovely to be in a studio yes. chatting. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. Real-life people. Oh, look, I can touch you. Yeah. Reach over. <laughs> oh, I'm real-life human. <laughs> thank you for coming in to see us today. I have a lot of questions to ask you about Love this. It. And I'm sure like as soon as you get anywhere, as soon as you get to a dinner party, are people like, actually, are people a bit scared when you go to dinner parties? Are they like, oh God, who am I going to serve this up? The number of times people will say to me, oh gosh, better not let the nutritionist see what I'm eating. And then also I'm nervous about like, I, you know, I love food, all food. Yeah. So I'm then like, oh God, now do I have to watch what I put on my plate? Because they're going to be thinking, oh, the nutritionist shouldn't be eating that bad. Yeah. You know, or everything in variety, love food, love chocolate, eat the lot. So yeah, don't yeah. worry about it. You're not the sugar police. <laughs> hey. I certainly am not. Um, where did this love of uh, feeding your family come from? Is it something that you've always, has always been there? Yeah. So when I went to university, I decided to do nutrition. And I think that came from my family. Like both my parents have always loved cooking. You know, my mum is a health fanatic and certainly doesn't always get the kind of evidence right. She's a bit <laughs> of a, you know, like loves the fads, but she loved food. She loved cooking. She always wanted us to eat really healthily. And I just grew up with a family who just spent so much time in the kitchen. I mean, I went to my mum's yesterday to work and she's in the kitchen creating meals. I'm like, who are you even creating these for? There's nobody oh. here. Um, and she's like, no, I just really like cooking so I think it's it's come from there you know and I I do love food I really love food it's I always am thinking what am I going to eat next you know it's, yeah. it's an excitement and enjoyment in the day so yeah I really do a lot of people <laughs> find it like a form of meditation I guess don't they because it's their mm. time they're in the zone yes they're doing their thing you can put a podcast on or you can just you know be in your own thoughts exactly. for a minute and do that obviously we're going to get on to how do you stuff some greens into your kids faces mm-hmm. uh, there's a nice <laughs> way of putting that I'm Sure, yeah. <laughs> uh, but I wanted to ask because, do you know what? I fa- I've struggled so much with when I had my little boy, I could not believe how many times a day I had to cook. Mm. I could not yeah. get over it. I, yeah. That was a real, as well as everything else that comes with being, yeah. you know, a first time parent, the, the sheer amount of cooking and the and the being a chef on yeah. demand, Completely. just I could not believe it. Mm. And that was one of the bits that got me in the beginning, mm. because I think from my teens and from 
uh, you know, friends and everything over the years, the 2000s, the noughties sort of ruined us all a bit with the fatty diets and things like that. Yeah. I've never been great at feeding myself. Mm. Always had a little bit of a disordered way of eating and feeding myself. Mm. And I just don't really put that much thought into it. So then to try and yeah. become this person that has to put nutrition into another person, yeah. I could, like I, you know, I, I will openly sometimes just have a bag of crisps for breakfast, mm, you know, mm. and like that, that I could, I was like, I can't do that to a child. I can't, like, even when I was pregnant, I was like, yeah. oh, I can't eat how I used to eat. Like, I've got to put some nutrients mm. in here and think about it. So that was the first thing that I found really overwhelming. And do you find that a lot of mums say that to you? They do. And do you know what? I found it. I, I could not believe when I first started weaning my son, you know, I'd, I'd done all the advice, all the years I'd given parents advice. And when I got to it and when my son started having three meals a day I was like this is relentless yes I am non-stop cooking so it's breakfast it's lunch it's dinner and then obviously still milk feeds in between yeah. and then you've got to fit in naps and playtime and bath time and settling and it was I just remember thinking like it is not possible to fit all of this in I think it does start to become easier. So things like naps drop and things change. And I think also that's one of the reasons why there's been a big push in the last years to really move towards kind of foods that can feed everyone. Yes. So rather than this idea of, and yeah, at the start of weaning, absolutely, you know, giving, making kids kind of separate meals might make sense while you're exploring and while you're finding your feet. But I do think there is a big push towards trying to get kids to eat the same foods as the rest of the family. And that's for a practical reason, as well as, you know, helping kids with development and helping them to explore variety. Because, you know, we know that variety in young kids can really help to build up their acceptance of variety when they're older. Yeah. So it makes sense from so many reasons but it is also practical. If we can give kids a part of what we are eating and a part of our meal, it can help make a difference and it can help us not have to be cooking so much. But obviously, as you say, if you're someone who isn't necessarily eating, you know, three main meals a day, it can absolutely throw you in. It can be a real challenge to think, I've got to think of what to feed you three times a day, every day going forward. And I yeah, definitely see that a lot of parents do struggle with that. It was such a shock. Mm. I could not believe it. And it just felt like I was just constantly in there like oven mm. on like, yeah, you know, yeah, like yeah. pots and pans and yes. then the washing up washing and everything up. and like <gasps> and I only had one little bowl for him in the mm. beginning and I remember it got to his first birthday and my friends were like what can we get him and I was like just more bowls please mm. he just <laughs> needs more bowls because I can't keep Love washing it. this one bowl up it's <laughs> yeah. driving me mad uh, I could have bought myself a bowl but you know he just yeah, like no, in the fog of it all yeah. he's just like just this one bowl that he had all day and then he loves that bowl anyway that's a, another point so how do we make sure that we're getting the right nutrients into our kids? I think that it's really hard, you know, as, 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 you know, humans, we always think about this kind of like what nutrients are eating and what foods are good and bad. But actually, you know, I think we need to try and open that, broaden that out a little bit and just think about, you know, foods and f offering foods regularly and a variety. Like I say, I always come back to this message and I feel like it's really boring. But ultimately, if you give your child something um, and you think, oh God, maybe I shouldn't have given them that, just try not to worry about it. It's, it's so much more about variety and about what they're eating the majority of the time. That's what matters, not what they have at one meal on one day. And it's the same with food diffuser. I think, you know, toddler years are so typical for kids to go through periods where they're like, I ate loads of foods before, but actually I'm going to refuse lots now. And it's so important for us to try and realize that A, that's really normal. B, quite often it's just a phase. And C, we need to look at the bigger picture and what they're being offered and what they're eating the majority of the time. So I do think, you know, 
getting you know getting nutrients into kids is important and i often talk about trying to add extra nutrients into foods when you're creating meals and there's secret no veg way you can like do that. such a buzzword but yeah. secret veg and like sneaking vegetables into other little bits that they like yeah so like yeah making meals that have got lots of veg included mm. in there or you know i always say i love to say this like a sprinkle of this a dollop of that and a stir of that into dishes and it makes a difference you know if you're stirring a little bit of yogurt into a porridge if you are sprinkling some cheese on top of something or if you're, yeah, like you say, grating some veggies when you're making a lasagna, for example, it can make a really big difference to add those extras in. So I think, you know, in in the book, I do talk about balance and I talk about the difference between, you know, teens and toddlers and adults and what we need and what's recommended in our diets. But often it's about working out what kind of how you can add extras into foods, but just try not to get too bogged down by the the minutiae of it all and the, the, the kind of what they're having on one meal. Because, you know, as parents, I think we're always looking at the negative side of things and it's so easy to get bogged down on that. So basically, yes. Yes, our kids do need a balanced diet. They need to have plenty of variety. So they need to be having foods from each of the food groups. So some carbohydrates, some fruits and vegetables, some proteins and some dairy. And ideally, if we can offer those food groups at most mealtimes, um, and I know that sounds quite complicated perhaps, but you know I do try and break it down quite a lot in the book and it's just about the foods that we eat. So let's take, for example, a spaghetti bolognese. Yes, You let's might do have it. lentils or beef in that. You might have tomatoes. So that's two different food groups there. You might have pasta. You might have some cheese. Yeah. So you've got four different food groups in there quite naturally. Yeah. And it's the same when we're making something like a curry where you might have some vegetables, where you might have some chicken or some tofu, where you might have some rice and we might have um, some, you know, we might might stir in some coconut milk or some dairy. So when we're building meals, we do tend to make them quite balanced anyway. It's just about trying to not add in the kind of extra salt and extra sugar, especially when we're feeding young kids and just trying to, yeah, offer plenty of variety. So I don't know if that kind of answers your question, but no, it yeah. does. Um, but what about if you've got a fussy eater? What mm. about because that it, it's a it's a real stress. Naps and eating are two like big stresses for mm. parents that you just think about constantly yeah. all constantly. day. Have they eaten? Have they yeah. slept? Have they not eaten? Have they not slept? It's yeah. just like it's it's a constant battle with that sort of thing. If you are coming up against there was a, there was a period where my little boy he's he's a good eater, I would say, as in he mm. eats a lot. Love it. Um, but there was a period where I'd put him in his chair and he would scream mm. from the start. He would be yeah. eating and screaming. Yeah, and I yeah, would yeah. just be stood there like, and like I, I'd I have to go out the room, but then I also didn't want to go out the room because I didn't want him to choke on anything. Yeah. So I'd sort of be just listening to, just stood there, just like watching him yeah. scream through a meal. But like, it, that's a form of fussy eating. But I think that was his situation. He didn't want to be in his, he just didn't want to be, be in his high chair. He yeah. didn't want to be in that situation. But what if a, a child is refusing food yeah. and maybe Maybe they haven't eaten an awful lot that day and parents are stressed about it. Is there anything that parents can do to feel reassured? A million things, first of all. Like there's so much you can do. But the main thing I would say is I really, really try and encourage parents not to worry too much because Mm. toddlers' appetites, just like ours as adults really, but even more so with toddlers, their appetites are super up and down. Um, They go through phases where they do want food, they don't want food, and there's a multitude of reasons for that. So it might be that maybe they just didn't want what you're offering that day. Mm. Maybe they have had too much already and they're actually feeling quite full off of what they've had before. Maybe they've got a sore throat or a headache. Maybe they're distracted or maybe they've got a new milestone that they've met and they just want to be on the floor crawling. They don't want to be plugged into a high chair. But do you know how they communicate that to us? 
is by just saying, I don't want it or screaming or crying or pushing the plate away or throwing the food on the floor because they can't say to us, mummy, really don't feel like this right now. Yeah. Can I come back and have it a little bit later? I or, don't want pesto pasta again. Exactly, I don't want this again. <laughs> or mummy, I had something like this at nursery yesterday. Yeah. I really don't want it again. Or, you know, like I said, they might say, oh, my tummy's feeling a bit weird. I don't really fancy eating this. So their response to us is pushing, crying, screaming. And for us as parents, it is so hard not to go, for goodness sake, I need to get you to eat. I just spent time making this. I'm exhausted. I need you to eat this right now because mm. I feel like that's what you need. And it is so hard not to, and we all do it as parents. But the main thing I would say is that try and think of it from their perspective. There might be a reason why they're saying they don't want it. And obviously, if that's going on for a long time, there's a difference. Yes. So if that's carrying on and it's going on for weeks and weeks and you're really feeling like it's having an impact, there's still loads of things you can do. But it's much more addressing like the meal time and the way we approach those meals. But in the first you know, first part of it, I would always say expect those up and downs in appetite because actually that can take the pressure off us yes. to know that okay, this is fine. Yeah. It's absolutely fine. If they miss a meal, miss it's a okay. Meal. Yeah. Exactly. And yeah. even to miss a, a few meals or to have a few days where they're off their food, it's actually completely normal, especially if they have been unwell or if they've got a tummy ache, they are not going to want to eat food. So actually trying to go with the flow. And I think what we often do as parents is we go, right, this is not going well. I've got to change things up. And yes. we might start to put pressure on them to eat. We might start to change up what we offer them and start to offer firm favorites. We might start to get really panicked or really stressed and that mealtime environment changes. So quite often how we react, which is totally not our own faults because for us, we're, we're going, we need this child to survive. We need this child to eat. So it's and almost you're tired like most of the and time you're too. Tired and you're like, I just need you to eat this food. So it's not our faults that we do this because it's actually human nature to want to feed our child but sometimes we just have to go let's pause it's not about me mm. it's not about this food it's about them in this moment and say they're okay to have a down day where they don't want that food and when it comes to that kind of long term there's again there's lots of things you can do so like reducing pressure on meals and making those meal times fun and sitting with them and eating with them and trying to have like a really light fun environment you know think about feeding as another kind of milestone in the day so yeah. where you've got play or bath time just trying to think about it much more like that rather than I need to get you to eat because yeah. actually the relationship with food that they build is so much more than that and if they enjoy meal times and if they see you eating that's going to have much more of a positive impact than us trying to really seriously get them to eat. <laughs> yeah, we struggled because we moved house and we didn't have a, a dining table, we didn't have chairs. And so mm. eating was just all over the yeah, place completely. and we weren't eating with him. And mm. since we've managed to get our lives together a bit and get that, but that was just situational. We, couldn't, we couldn't move into a house and it was all done. You know, mm. we, we there, there were just things that were coming up against us in, in that sort of, yeah. I mean, there's so much to it that you just, you do feel like you're going a bit crazy completely. by the end of it. But, and also there's nights where, because I always feel a lot of pressure that, that last meal has mm. to be a big one. Yeah. Otherwise, I'm not yeah, going to yeah. get sleep. He's not yeah. going to get sleep. <laughs> Me first. I'm not going to put my mask on yeah. before his. Um, I feel like, and and so the, the stress around that last mm. meal, I feel really sort of starts yeah. to ramp up through and the day. And ramps up the pressure. Yeah, yeah, ramps up the pressure. And then you get to the point where you're like, right, what will make him eat? Completely. TV or chicken nuggets or yeah. whatever. What can I stuff into mm. him? But actually sometimes, and I've only found this recently, mm. is that he still sleeps through anyway. Yeah. Do you know what? Not <laughs> that was going to be my first thing to say to you I think 
as parents, like you said, sleep is such a sensitive topic. Oh, it's it's so hard. And you know, I went through I had a two I had a little one who did not sleep till she was about two and a half years properly. Right. It was like bits here and there and constant waking during the night. So I feel any mums who have not been able to sleep because it's really hard. But I think quite often we we assume that if they don't have that last meal, if they don't have a big last meal, they're not going to sleep. And quite often it's more us that yeah. thinks that's what's going to happen. But actually I found as well with both my two, if they skip a meal, it's normally because they just don't have much of an appetite. Yeah. And you could always offer something later as part of a normal routine if you wanted to. If you're finding that meal times are being refused constantly, 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 then maybe build into that routine a smaller snack, you know, an hour later, but just pre-bread time so that you can top them up a bit. However, I definitely would say to any parents, try and have a, give it a little test because quite often they still will sleep even if they haven't because kids are very good at knowing their own appetite and knowing if they're hungry and full. And normally they'll let you know if they're hungry too. So if they're saying to you at mealtime, Mm-mm, not hungry, don't want this. It is a good idea to try and listen to them and try not to panic and think, right, what can I offer you that I know you will eat? Because actually they are going to eat the firm favourite. If you put their favourite cereal or a piece of toast with some butter on in front of them, they're going to be like, oh yes, yes. You know, this is familiar. It's a firm favourite. It's easy to eat. And she um, gave in yesterday to they, that. So yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So tomorrow yeah, yeah, I'm going to yeah. say no to whatever it is and I'll get my they firm really favourite. They really remember, don't they? Oh yeah. Their memories yeah, 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 are incredible. <laughs> like that's one thing that I was shocked about too. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Baffled. 
Fooled, the daily fact podcast bringing you some amazing facts that are complete nonsense. In the 19th century, experts warned women about a disease called bicycle face, which meant getting stuck with the awkward faces they make while bicycling. Giraffes. To know when to mate, the man will continuously headbutt the female in the bladder. Manatees control how much they float by farting. You can find us wherever you got this podcast. Just search for Baffled Amazing Facts. So you've got two little ones. Got two. Was it easier feeding your second than it was your first? Because obviously everything's new. And you said yourself, as a nutritionist, you thought you'd be like, fine, this yeah, is great. I'm yeah. going into this. Yeah. I'm going to have a kid. I'm going to be great at all of yeah. this. And then it was a shock when your little little boy got here, Rafi. Completely. Um, but with Ada, did you find that you sort of had your flow a little bit with it? And you were like, okay, I know what to do here. So... I would say, yeah, I was definitely less nervous. So I think I was actually, I remember speaking to parents for so long saying, don't worry, they're fine with finger foods. You know, you don't need to worry about it. They'll be able to manage. And then I got there myself and I'm like, hold on a minute. Everything's a choking hazard. I'm terrified. Yeah, exactly. And I'm like giving in these pieces of food that I know are fine. And I've been telling parents to do for years. And I'm terrified. So, you know, it's so easy to say it all, isn't it? But actually, when you're there in that situation, it's easier said than done. But I definitely build up my confidence with him. And when I was feeding my daughter, I just could not believe how much she took to finger foods. And she was just like, absolutely, she ran with it. So I had a lot less fear and I had a lot more confidence. But I will say that my daughter was so much more challenging to feed in the sense that she's been much more, you know, no, I don't like that. No, I'm not having that. She's been a lot more picky with what she will and won't eat. My son, he was just like an everything under the sun kind of guy. He would eat everything. But I think because my daughter has grown up with an older older yeah. sibling, she's seen a lot more of the things earlier than he would have. And she's just been a lot more like, she's strong-willed. She's like, no, not eating that. Don't want it. I'm going to get down from the table now, mum. And you're like, okay, <laughs> I have much less control here. So <laughs> I feel like I've had two totally opposite children with feeding and it's been such an eye-opener, but I've definitely learned loads from it. And, you know, I also would say that when I had two kids, you know, like you said about the feeding them three times a day, when I had two, I was like, how on earth do I navigate this? How do I feed two mouths and how do I create a enough food and how do I have enough energy to feed everybody and honestly that is exactly why I put that book together because yeah. I found it overwhelming and yeah. I'm a nutritionist and I love cooking and I work in food and I came into a, being a family of two thinking I can't do this yeah. so for anyone else feeling like that I I was too and I should be able to go yeah I got this you know I cook every day I know I know the drill I know what to feed my kids I found it overwhelming I found it absolutely I was over you know over my head with it all and I really struggled to cope so for other mums who are feeling like that it's so is the most normal thing in the world and I think you you will be okay <laughs> it's so reassuring to hear that and it's a beautiful book and there's there's something for everyone in there so let's talk about intolerances and maybe and actually even if you're you know you're a vegetarian family yeah. And you're going down that route with your children as well. And you're, you know, there's, there is something for everyone in Completely. there. Was that part of your mindset when you were going into it too? Because but because now you've got, there's so much more so variety much, of yeah. catering to. There's intolerances, yeah. uh, lactose intolerance yeah. and so many different, you know, allergies that yeah. kids 
can suffer with. How do you write a book for everyone? Yeah, it's really shy. So in, <laughs> in the book, I do have a whole section on creating separate meals. So this idea of if you've got someone who, um, for whatever reason, doesn't want a certain food group or is restricting foods, there's a whole section in there that talks a lot about like trying to plan the meals around the table when you've got that scenario. And also there's a, there's a part in there about catering for allergies. So loads of tips on what to do. But actually when I'm writing the recipe, so this book's got 70 recipes in. And honestly, one of the biggest challenges is trying to make the recipes healthy, balanced, ones that kids will eat, adaptable so that actually you and I as adults will really enjoy them, yeah. but also not adding loads of salt and sugar so you can adapt them for young kids too, but also trying to have it in there so that there are plenty of vegetarian, there's lots of vegan, there's plant-based options, there's ones that can be had for children who have allergies. It's really tough, but I that is I feel exhausted of, listening I know, to that. I well, where did you get the time? Oh, I tell you, the <laughs> recipe development, I, I just, before writing books I did not realize how how time I mean it's it's months it's like six months to a year of creating those recipes really but I um, guess that you could test them out on your kids too though testing they them out kids they I also well have friends times. who test them for me and I also have an amazing recipe developer called Christina McKenzie and she has done a lot of the recipe um she'll help me with testing all the recipes to make sure okay so the recipes in there I also have really good keys so you can see like what the recipes can and can't be used for yeah. but the main thing I have to do with my recipes is make sure they are adaptable. So if you don't have a courgette and there's a courgette in the recipe, do not worry about it. Swap it for whatever you have in your fridge. And the same for dairy. Like if you don't like dairy, the recipes are really nice and balanced. So if you're not eating dairy, you can leave the dairy out in the majority of the recipes that are in that book. Quite often, I've put those things in there that people might want to remove as optional. So you can choose to have them in or not. And like I say, the recipes are all nutritionally pretty balanced. So you've got, you know, if you're feeding your kids recipes from that book, you know that you're getting lots of nutrition in there. So if you leave out one ingredient, most of the time it's going to be okay. <laughs> Oh, Charlotte, honestly, it's incredible, like, listening to you and oh, being able to like, oh, yeah, no, but it's brilliant because I'm, like, trying to take it all in as well. Wow. And I know loads of other mums listening to this will be feeling the same because it's such, it's one of those areas where it's just, it's mm. terrifying. There's so much food waste as well is what I found in the beginning. I could not believe, especially if they don't want something or you're testing things out and stuff mm. like that. It, it's very yeah. hard to get your head around yeah. that at the end of the day too, especially if there's families who don't have a lot of money Completely. and they're trying to maybe batch cook, you know, know yeah as you said kids aren't going to want that every day we don't want to eat the same thing every day yeah. so a lot of freezing foods I guess and Definitely. getting them out at different points and so yeah so I'm so sorry I have so much to say but there's no, two, two, thing, two things you said there that I want to kind of address I think mm. the families who are struggling with 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 financially they don't want to go buying food that they think their kids aren't going to eat. Of course not. So, you know, you have to take that into, into account and context. And one of the things I would say is trying to have a list of foods that you know your kid would eat and just really gradually build on that if you can, because mm. you don't want to be offering food and cooking this, this elaborate meal that you've had to go and get all the ingredients and spend the money, you know, cooking the food for it to then not be eaten. Yeah. But one of the things that I learned, again, you know, I said it was, I found it really overwhelming. One of the things I really, really tapped into when creating these recipes and cooking is my freezer. I feel mm. like I had never been using my freezer well enough. And so one of the things I've been doing a lot more now and 
that I would recommend families do is when you're serving food up to your kids, try serving smaller portions and going back for seconds and leaving that food somewhere else that you can then freeze yeah. if it's not eaten. Yeah. Because once it's on the kids' plate and they've messed about with it, yeah. no one wants to eat that. You no. know, so no not one even wants they that. want to eat it. <laughs> not even they want to eat it. Sometimes you know when you're like, oh, can I? Yeah. No, no, I'm going to leave that. But so I always say, especially if your kids are going through fussy periods smaller amounts of food on the plate give them smaller foods and then freeze whatever is not touched and try it again another day yes. or eat it again yourself you know if it hasn't been touched at all of course you can eat it yourself and if you're having family meals it makes that concept much easier and the other thing you can do is and I love doing this and I do it with my family's reg- my families <laughs> my family <laughs> regularly oh, what, I to to. <laughs> what a scoop my secret family and my, my day-to-day family um, what we do is we do a I call it a fridge raid where I'm like no idea what to cook what's in the fridge and I basically oh, that terrifies take out- me that's like that master chef round where they have to like, oh, just yeah, go yeah. and it's get like stuff that, I can't but, bear oh, that no. Like, oh, the no 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 but if you saw it it's like here's a bit of grated cheese it's like here's some leftover carrot that I can chop up or steam or just grate and like it's basically just bunged it's like the leftover bit of hummus from the fridge or whatever it is and I just spread it all out on the table and I and everyone helps themselves to little bits sometimes it's like some leftover pasta from a couple of days ago pesto pasta yeah, from yeah, a couple yeah, of days always. ago or like whatever there is I'm just like what can I bung together and for like for my older son it might be like some nuts and raisins not for younger kids I would do that or it might be like peanut butter on a cracker and I just make a few of those and I bung them on the table so it's basically like what can I scrape together and it means no cooking it means we use up the food it means there's less food waste and also kids love being given autonomy around what they actually put on their plate so it can actually really help them to want to eat the food because they're going oh hold on I mean, I'm in control here. Yeah, what's my choice? I can put it on. Yeah. And my son loves getting up and going and saying to my daughter, what do you want? And then he'll like put the bits on her plate. But it, it really helps from so many reasons. So, you know, you like I say, food waste, you don't have to cook. You're not wasting your time. Everyone gets to sit around the table. It's much more chilled environment and the autonomy that it gives your kids really, really helps. So I would honestly say about two times a week, we do that oh, kind of fridge raid. And it doesn't have to be just fridge. Like if you, if you haven't got much and you're like, right, I've got some peanut butter, some Marmite, some some or some crackers in the fridge or you've got some Weetabix you know whatever you can bung together and put and spread on the table and let them have a little go and it really sounds really, really helps. exciting too I love like, it. if I was a kid I'd be like yeah fridge raid let's exactly, do it exactly. and little do they know it's hummus and you know yeah, exactly. crackers or, or picnic you know <laughs> lay it on the floor and yeah, do it yeah, as a little yeah. picnic on some days or in the garden if you can if it's sunny enough and you've got a garden in the garden like all of these things help to add a bit of novelty yeah. which are more likely to get your kids to enjoy it. and especially if you do them really regularly and honestly it takes the pressure off you because quite often it is balanced and quite often you'll end up with like you know a bit of maybe leftover chicken or you know something that it makes you know helps to add to the balance of it but it just takes the pressure off and that's so much better than worrying and cooking for two hours over the hob and then thinking oh is this going to get eaten and being really stressed because the environment that that will create is so much more relaxed and enjoyable for your kids as well as you I think. No I agree I used to like pesto yeah because it's just always the leftovers yeah 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 fair enough I used to like it and now I'm like it's such a good go-to though it's great I love like the the, you know porridge for dinner or um, or Weetabix or beans on toast or pesto pasta there you need some emergency meals for for when you just cannot be bothered and those are some of my go-to emergency meals too Uh, right we have had a question from a listener from Robin Mm -hmm. hiya I've just had my first baby 
a little girl. I know mm-hmm. soon I have to start thinking about weaning and I don't even know where to start. Yeah. What did you do during your first time with this? And do you have any tips for me? Loving the podcast. Oh, that's amazing. from Robin. Um, so, oh my gosh, so many tips. First of all, it can be really daunting and I know it can be really daunting. And when I was weaning my son, and like I said, I I had some challenges when I was weaning him, but I was so shocked by when I was putting out information on Instagram and parents were coming to me going, oh my gosh, tell me what to do. I don't even know where to start. I'm really nervous. And I just could not believe the overwhelm. And I just also could not believe that there wasn't anything out there was like a really detailed guide. Yeah, that's what I struggled with. I was constantly Googling that. I don't know what what mums did. They just learned from... Their mum's friends and everything else. And there's lots of really great books, but most of them are recipes. So I actually created a book. So my first book was called How to Wean Your Baby. And I genuinely did that with the families in mind who feel like that because the number of DMs, and they didn't want specific questions. They wanted, tell me where to start. Tell me what to do. And so my How to Wean Your Baby, I I had to push it a little bit, but with with the publishers, I ended up having a whole section in the middle called the first 30 days of weaning. So you've got all the advice in the front of the book. You've got all the recipes in the back. And the middle section is a step-by-step guide for the first 30 days of your weaning journey. And it was one of the biggest projects I've ever done in my life because I had to take into account things like introducing allergens, offering variety, starting with simple foods. I had to do the cooking for every single thing. So I've done like the practice of how long do you cook broccoli for before you give it to your baby. So timed it. Oh, the amount of mush that Rubes had to eat. It was disgusting. I was like, I'm so sorry. That's horrible. But you know, that's all just about getting that flavor on the tongue and getting those tastes because I'm a massive fan of like starting with the veggies. But um, so this book talks you through it step by step, day one, day two, day three. And the reason I did that 30 days was so that my aim is by the end of that, you feel confident with what, how, when to offer your kid, your your baby, sorry, foods. And then you can go, boom, got it now, I'm off. And that was exactly why I created that book. So hopefully that helps. But the other things to say is try not to worry about it. The first days are about little tastes. We're not expecting babies to all go in and gobble them up. They yeah. might, yeah. but we're not expecting that. We're expecting them to make funny faces, not be that sure. This is so new. So take it slowly, gently, gradually. And the other thing I would say is let your little one see you eating because they will learn how to eat, what to eat, what to enjoy from observation. It makes a huge difference. So those are my main things. But honestly, you know, that is exactly why I wrote the book because of mums who have that question, which there are millions. Every single mum, because I feel like we we sort of had health visitors and everything at the start and it stops. And Mm. this is a conversation that we have a lot. And I've had a lot on this pod since I've been filling in, but it's... there's that help in the beginning and then all of a sudden Completely. the important bits like yeah. feeding them and keeping them alive you're yeah. like oh right, what do I do now? do this on my own do I? <laughs> okay, yeah cool, exactly cool that's absolutely fine there's a lot to navigate oh it's a huge amount to navigate Charlotte it's been so lovely to speak oh. to you I could talk to you all day about all of this but where can people find you if they want to go and see what you're about where are your books how to feed your family is out now oh it's, it's a beautiful book as well Thank do you know what I love about these books as, as well they, they look beautiful in your kitchen even if like yeah. me you're the worst cook in the entire world people might think that you know what you're doing <laughs> when they come it. around and they see a I nice love book. it yeah the books as well I've got two others so I've got How to Win Your Baby How to Feed Your Toddler and this is How to Feed Your Family and they actually are a little set they are so beautiful together yeah so my books you get available you know everywhere Waterstones local bookshops if you want to shop there um, Waterstones WH Smith Amazon you can access them there um, and I have a website that lots of people don't actually know about which has a blog which has got so much information on about feeding 
feeding toddlers, fussy eating, weaning your baby, where to start, when to start, L- loads of recipes. So check that out as well, which is www.srnutrition.co.uk. Brilliant. So yeah, that's middle of the night stuff when you're up and you're yeah. you know, feeding your baby and you're, you know that next step is coming for weaning. Exactly. And you can like, do I do? have a little look. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank, Thank you, you for Charlotte having me. Sterling Thanks Reed. so, so much. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you very much for listening to Mum's The Word, the parenting podcast. Make sure you hit the subscribe or follow button so you never miss an episode. We love to hear from you. Get in touch on WhatsApp where you can send us a voice message for free, even anonymously if you want to, at 75 or you can email us at askmumsthewordpod at gmail.com ask mums the word pod at gmail.com or leave us a review on apple podcasts it all helps we're going to be back with another episode same time same place next week planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with quince quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway like european linen premium luggage options buttery soft italian leather bags and so much more and it's all priced at 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands plus quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices pack your bags with high quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with quince go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365 day returns hold up what was that Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.